18th August, Out of Chances, posted 20th of August, 2022. Don't touch me. What an incredibly bittersweet episode, and a balam duff duff, but at what cost? We open the episode with Ben back at the Beale House, sitting at the table and clutching his jacket as he stares into space. He looks so small and vulnerable. He cuts off an incoming call from his dad, which brings him back to Lexi on his lock screen. He looks at that for a bit and squeezes his jacket tighter, tucking himself into it as if it's giving him comfort. Maybe he's imagining it's Lexi and trying to gather strength from it. Kathy comes downstairs to the sight of Ben looking so anxious and asks if he's sure he doesn't want Kathy to come with him. Obviously, he's off to report Lewis today, something which will need a lot of courage. Luckily, Ben has that in spades. He confirms he doesn't want Kathy to come and she accepts that and leaves him to continue psyching himself up. When he leaves the house, he's spotted by Phil. Phil's just been speaking to Sam about the possibility of Lewis actually getting what's coming to him via the police route, highlighting again that the chances of it going any further are low. Phil offers Ben a lift to the station, but Ben declines. He's anxious to get away, even as Sam does some Phil translating and says that they're here for him. But Ben just wants to do this alone. As he leaves, Phil then spots Jay and shouts over for him. I guess he's been made aware at some point that Jay knows the truth as well. As Ben reaches the tube station, which also happens to be the place where it all went wrong in January, Jay catches up to him and pipes up that he's doing the right thing. Ben guesses that Phil put Jay up to this and insists that he doesn't need to be checked up on. Jay does actually care, though, and makes it clear it's not just because he'd been told to do it by Phil. He reminds Ben that he hasn't seen him since he got out of hospital and asks how he's really feeling. Ben likens it to throwing a huge grenade into his life. Reporting Lewis officially is a big deal, and I think he sees it as making what happened to him real and on record, rather than something he can try and block out anymore. It's scary, but he wants to do it alone. He turns down Jay's offer to come with him, and at the mention of Callum, insists that he's not dragging him into it. Really, that's our first clue as to Ben's current headspace regarding Callum. He'd been trying to tell him the truth the day before, but now he's back to the attitude he had with Kathy a few weeks after the rape, where he was adamant that Callum mustn't know. Even as Jay tries to protest, pointing out that Callum's his husband, Ben stays firm and tells Jay he appreciates him not telling Callum either. I wonder if anyone's told him that Jay is Callum's new flatmate, or if he's worked it out. Ben makes it to the station, and as he waits to be seen, he taps his foot and fiddles with his belt, too anxious to sit down. He looks over at the desk, where two cops are having a joke behind the screen. Not sure what he's thinking, maybe still fearing that they won't take what he's about to say seriously, but he's here now. He startles when the police officer calls for whoever's next, which is Ben, as it happens, since no one else is around. The poor thing is shaking like a leaf, taking a final look around him as if there's anyone or anything that can delay things. Check out the poster on the wall behind him, pointing out that sexual violence can happen to men too, yet another visual encouraging speaking up. Ben approaches the desk and he looks absolutely terrified, but because he's so brave, he pushes through it and says the words, he'd like to report a sexual assault. It's quiet and hesitant, but it's there and he did it. The cop at the desk takes it seriously too, turning to tap on his computer while Ben waits for whatever happens next. There's an interesting Phil and Kathy scene after that, where Phil mentions again how unlikely it is that it will reach court. It's hard to tell with EastEnders sometimes whether this is a sign that it is going to court against the odds, or whether they're just upholding the reality that it won't. Kathy tells him that it's not just about Lewis rotting behind bars, much as she'd love to see that, but about saying the words out loud, making it real and getting it out of his head. 
Phil worries about the implications if it doesn't go any further, but Cathy's firm that whatever happens, all they can do is be there for him. Back at the station, Ben's been taken to an interview room, but it's less claustrophobic than the ones we typically see. It's more open plan, made to look slightly less intimidating, round tables and posters on the wall. Ben's hunched over and focused on his jacket sleeve when an officer comes in to check if he wants tea or water while he's waiting. An officer that's actually named in the credits as PC Murr, so it might not be the last we see of her. He declines and the officer leaves again. With Ben now pulled out of his reverie, he's back to looking nervous, hand on his forehead and then across his teeth, fidgeting due to his anxiety. The door knocks and opens again, and Ben assumes it's the officer back again to ask him about a drink. Before he looks over, he huffs out that he doesn't want a drink. But then he does glance over, and it's not PC Moore standing there. It's Callum, on shift in his PC highway get-up. Ben just freezes at the sight of him there. Almost as if Callum will go away if he remains still enough. Callum's not supposed to be there, and Ben had clearly decided that he wasn't going to tell him, lest Callum feel like he had to pick up the pieces. So to have him not only spot Ben at the station, but find him in the room that is reserved for sexual assault victims, good for confidentiality, that, it catches Ben off guard. But of course Callum isn't just going to leave it, not when he knows that something serious has happened. And I feel like it highlights again how sexual violence is another level of crime that can be even more devastating and evil than your typical physical assault, and Ben's had plenty of those. People take notice. And Ben knows that Callum isn't going to leave it either. He knows it's about to come out now. He slowly turns his head away from Callum as he asks what happened, the tears springing up as he delays the inevitable. He's been desperate to speak out for months but couldn't find the words, and still can't. Callum's got enough of a starting point to not need much, though. With that one piece of knowledge that was missing, he suddenly gets Ben again, reads into what he's saying and the movements he makes, and figures it out from there. Ben recoils from him when he sees Callum's about to move closer and doesn't want that, or at least he thinks he doesn't deserve that. Maybe those feelings of being smothered by his mum are coming back. Callum does try to assure Ben and respect his wishes, holding out a placating hand like he's not trying to frighten him, but he's not leaving until Ben tells him what's happened. Because suddenly none of what happened between them matters. Even if this had recently happened to Ben, which Callum might have assumed at first, even as his suspicions grow, he still wants to know needs to know if someone's hurt Ben. With the overdose, Callum had been under the impression that that was a choice Ben had made all on his own, but this is different, and Callum's maybe already re-evaluating all the times in the last few months he thought he didn't know Ben like he thought he did, and realising that this could be the reason for it. Ben keeps flinching at Callum's questioning, but Callum pleads with him to tell him. The anger he's been clinging to has completely vanished, and he's not going to let impatience cause him to leave like the times before. Ben eventually looks up at him, but he's still not sure what to say or how to even begin to say it. He shrugs as if to convey this, settling on, I tried to stop him. It's almost like he's trying to make it sound like not a big deal, but it's like closing the door after the horse has bolted and he knows that. There's no way he can play this down to Callum now. Callum asks who he tried to stop several times when Ben doesn't answer, even stuttering a bit when Ben flinches again with his hands on the table as if he's bracing himself. But each time Ben doesn't answer, is an answer. And it's one that Callum is horrified by. And when Ben makes that face as he shrugs, as if to say, who do you think? It's a confirmation. 
one based on an understanding of Ben that was missing before, because it's the exact same face as the one he made in the calf after Callum asked why Ben asked to meet. Only now Callum can see it for what it is, armour covering up something unfathomably awful. It means the worst-case scenario he's thinking of, that Ben's been dealing with this for months while Callum has been oblivious in his anger, is in fact correct, and it knocks the wind out of him several times over. He's gutted. The thing about that piece of the puzzle falling into place is that Callum gets everything now. He doesn't need it spelled out to him that Ben was taking part in all those vices, like the drugs and the parties, to try and block out what happened. That Ben suddenly feels more familiar to him now that he's got this crucial piece of info. He's sat at the table now, as Ben paces a bit, before coming back to sit across from him. All the concern he tried to repress because of his own hurt comes up again as he thinks about how he nearly lost Ben to that overdose, and it was because of him, Lewis. Not that Ben or we didn't already know, but Callum starts thinking out loud about how he thought Ben and Lewis had slept together consensually, how Lewis told him that Ben wanted it, came on to him. Ben acknowledges it with a humourless smile, but I think they're on slightly different pages with that. I think Ben is still caught up on the intent aspect, that even though he knows he was raped and didn't consent, he may still have deserved it for intending to cheat and just generally being a bad person. Whereas for Callum, all that matters is that Ben, at whatever point, decided he didn't want it and he was ignored. That is the most important part, and I think he reads the implication behind Ben's acknowledgement as, but I didn't want it, rather than what Ben might be thinking, which is, and he was right, I did want it at first. Callum switches to dark mode for a second as he vows to kill Lewis. Whether it comes from a place of been there, almost done that, or a place of not being aware that Callum would absolutely do that, considering what he did to Danny after a mere threat of hurting Ben, Ben gently argues back to tell him that he won't. I still don't think he realises that there's a darkness in Callum too, that it's not as clear-cut as him being good and Ben being bad. I wonder if Callum sees a certain level of resignation in Ben, and his outburst about not being told comes from the thought of Ben navigating all of this alone while he was thinking the worst of him. It's an awful thought for anyone, and it wasn't just that he was in the dark, he was punishing Ben for something that never happened. Hearing from Ben that he didn't think Callum would believe him devastates Callum, because he would have believed him. But Ben thinking that he wouldn't hints at something being very wrong in their communication. At the time, Ben was blaming himself, particularly after some gaslighting from Lewis, and Callum had unknowingly reinforced that with his assumptions that Ben felt unable to correct. I think there were other elements at play as well, including at times the fear that Callum would believe him and Ben feeling like he didn't deserve that comfort and support. But at the end of the day, Callum hears that Ben couldn't tell him and it pains him because he's Ben's husband. Present tense. When Ben says he's sorry, Callum hates it. He heard Ben say sorry many times just after the rape and at the time it didn't feel like enough. But now the thought of Ben apologising for anything after what he's been through feels horrible. He tries to override it and says that he's sorry. He moves forward out of his seat without thinking, and when Ben recoils, Callum doesn't know what to do. If going against his instinct to show concern when he was angry at Ben was difficult, this is nearly impossible. The self-blame for Callum kicks in then, and he says it's all his fault. Ben probably knew that this would happen and tries to argue, pointing out that he wasn't even there. But Callum thinks he could have stopped it all from happening. It's not clear how far back he's going, though I do wonder if he's thinking about the moment he told Ben to go and be with Lewis if Lewis gets Ben so much. 
He might need to go further back than that if we're examining where things went wrong, but more on that later. Now, though, when Ben directs the blame onto himself for letting it happen, Callum's horrified face says it all. I especially feel like hearing Ben say that he lay there waiting for it to be over made it clear to Callum that Ben's freeze response kicked in during the rape, and the thought of Ben in that position, terrified, is something that he can't bear to think about. Callum can't help but get close to him then, murmuring no to himself, crouching right down so he's below Ben's level and reaching out for Ben's face, an achingly familiar gesture. He even starts hushing Ben as Ben resists, thinking he's resisting comfort until he looks to where Ben's pointing, the camera in the room. He's thinking of Callum's career, just like he was after Callum punched Lewis. This man does not give himself enough credit for his selflessness. Callum doesn't care, though, holding on to Ben's face even as Ben tries to push him away, because he comes first and he always has. He makes sure Ben is looking right at him when he expresses a sincere and emphatic apology. And he is, for everything. The face-holding is such a balam gesture, and you can see that Ben's emotional at having Callum's love and attention back after going without it for months, and he might have collapsed into Callum then if the door hadn't suddenly opened with the return of PC Murr. Instead, he startles at someone breaking the bubble, moving to feign nonchalance, and Callum quickly removes his hands as he stands up, but a hand lingers on Ben's shoulder. As PC Murr pretends she didn't just see her colleague up in a victim's personal space, would she know their husbands? Not sure, it was a big thing once that Callum hadn't told the station that Ben was his boyfriend, maybe Fitzy is still the only one who knows the truth. And starts assuring Ben about this being a preliminary interview. Callum looks shaken, like he's about to be sick. He's still processing what he's just learned in the last few minutes, but he's still determined to start making up for lost time, and tells Ben that he'll just be outside the door if he needs him. Ben nods in acknowledgement, still trying to compose himself, and back to looking anxious as Callum reluctantly leaves the room, and PC Murr sits herself down to start the interview. It's odd being in a post-Callum-nose world, and I think Ben feels the same. The next time we see Balam, they've arrived back in Walford from the tube. Looks like Callum hung up his uniform to accompany Ben back. Not that he could continue working with this new knowledge anyway. Ben still looks uneasy, but Callum's determined to continue his support, asking Ben if he wants to go for a drink, hand placed gently on his back. Ben smiles but shakes his head, and Callum accepts that. But he still follows Ben as he walks out of the station toward the square. By the time they approach the Vic, Ben's taken out a cigarette, meaning he's feeling highly strung. Callum doesn't comment on it, and I'm not sure if he's seen Ben smoking in the past few months, but he can probably guess now, as we have, why he's doing it. Callum brings up the idea of a drink again, but it seems they can hear the noise going on inside, that is, Mick and Linda butchering Sailor V on the karaoke, and Ben points out that it's carnage in there, an implicit declining of the offer. It doesn't seem like Callum minded as long as he was with Ben, but he accepts the rejection. He goes on to try and speak to Ben about what he did today, acknowledging how hard it must have been in offering to come with him to make the statement next week. Ben takes a drag as Callum speaks, highlighting his discomfort, and he tries to get some distance by telling Callum he doesn't know. Doesn't know about Callum coming with him, but also just doesn't know what to do in general now that Callum knows. Callum's quick to back down, clearly cautious at this point of looking like he's imposing if Ben doesn't want him to. And maybe even feeling like he doesn't have the right. But he makes sure to let Ben know that he's there. Thing is, Ben knows that. He's just not sure whether he can accept it. 
Jay approaches then, obviously observing the fact that Ben and Callum are stood together and actually talking to each other, and Callum greets him before telling Ben he'll go and get them some coffees. No room for argument. Jay asks Ben if he's told Callum, clarifying everything, to which Ben says yes. I took that to mean the rape and the fact it was Lewis, since I'm not sure Jay himself knows much more than that. Jay's relieved to hear that Callum finally knows, and claims that if Ben wasn't going to tell him, then he was. Ben tells him he wouldn't, because I think he believes that Jay wouldn't have ever broken his trust. But Jay telling Callum was one of the options I was considering when speculating how Callum would find out, because I think he would if he felt it was best, like when he told Cathy about Ben being the Walford attacker. As it stands, though, the way Callum did find out managed to come from Ben without compromising Ben's current mindset, which, spoiler alert, isn't great. Jay tells Ben he's proud of him, just as Phil had done the episode before. Jay's in full Balam shipper mode now, convinced that Ben and Callum can sort everything out now. Ben doesn't respond to that, but accepts the little head hug from Jay. Jay then promptly walks away, and Ben takes another anxious puff of his cigarette. Callum soon returns with the coffees and joins Ben on the bench. He's got Ben a little something to eat too in case he's hungry, but Callum can just immediately tell that he's not, because he's not either. They're sat on opposite sides of the bench with similarly hunched body language. I think it's more Callum trying to mirror Ben, to try and be what Ben needs him to be after those months not being there. He starts to speak, and is honest about how whatever he says or does doesn't feel like enough. He feels he's missed the boat for the most part in supporting Ben and feels awful for it. Ben, of course, doesn't want to hear Callum feeling bad and tries to interrupt. But Callum presses on to tell him that he doesn't want to fight anymore. He wants to go back to how they used to be. He angles himself toward Ben, keen to make amends. Ben knows it's not that simple and tells Callum that he can't make this go away. That's really been Callum's problem since the start of the year, wanting problems to just go away without properly addressing or adjusting. I love him, but that's a flaw of his we've seen in a big way over this year. It comes from wanting things to be okay, which is of course natural, but wanting them to be okay immediately and getting impatient when they're not. Callum seems to acknowledge that he can't just make this go away, but then goes on to say that he feels if Lewis never came along, then they might have been happy. Which overlooks the fact that they weren't happy even at that point, or at least Ben wasn't. Callum knew that, but thought the issue would go away. But instead, it kept Ben vulnerable, and unfortunately for them, Lewis preyed on that vulnerability and exploited it for his own gain. Ben tells Callum that they fell apart long before Lewis came along. But the thing is with that is that he's paraphrasing Lewis. In the warehouse, Ben had been adamant that he and Callum were strong despite their issues and could have gotten through what they were experiencing before Lewis came along. But then Lewis went on to put doubts into Ben's head about Balaam's strength, about their compatibility. And those doubts have stuck with Ben, and that's why he's saying the things he's saying now. It's true that they were struggling, but it's not necessarily true that they wouldn't have gone through it. It's the second part Callum's contesting, I think, but he can't deny the first part, especially as he brought up the Walford attacker thing in their very last argument in the flat before he ended things. Ben comments on Callum's tendency to be a rubbish liar, claiming it's his unique selling point. But it comes from a place of fondness because he does love that about Callum, his inability to be anything but sincere. It's also another sign of Callum's goodness, his pureness, which is all Ben can see in contrast to his darkness. 
Callum reaches out then, a touch to Ben's knee, as he earnestly tells him that they can fix them. In response, Ben mentions Callum's interaction with Felix the other day. It was actually the previous day, would you believe? Time and soap is a weird thing. And how it was the happiest Ben had seen him in months. There's a few reasons that's silly, and we can't take Ben's word as gospel. Firstly, the reason Callum hasn't been happy for months is because he's not been with Ben and instead he's been feeling hurt and betrayed over something that didn't actually happen, so the bar is on the ground, in that sense. Secondly, I'm not sure Callum even understood the majority of his interaction with Felix, let alone enjoyed it. And thirdly, and most crucially, Callum is making it clear here that he loves Ben and wants to be with him, and it's clear that Ben's trying to dissuade him. Ben's essentially an unreliable narrator in this scene. He's telling Callum he looked happy with Felix because in his mind right now, Callum would ultimately be happier with anyone that's not Ben. He tells Callum that he knows what he wants, a life of domesticity. And it's not that Ben doesn't want that too, it's that he doesn't think it's in him. And that's just heartbreaking, not least because he referred to it in the past tense, because for him it's a choice that isn't available to him anymore. But it goes back to the choice he made just before Lewis ignored that choice. He chose that life, that life with his family. But now Lewis and the rape have twisted things in his head and he now thinks that he's not destined to have that life because even when he chose it, it was taken away from him anyway. But Callum argues back that it's not a life of domesticity that he wants. It's Ben and everything that comes with that. Ben stares at the hand that's back on his knee as Callum insists that he take all of it. He tells Ben that he loves him and he knows that Ben loves him too. At least that's never in doubt for either of them. Ben responds to that by saying Callum's such a good guy, and I think he's talking to himself more than Callum. I feel like at that point Callum realises where it's going, because they've been here before. I'd like to point out that every time they have been here before, Ben ends up being proven wrong, just saying. And this time it's the words of his rapist coming through, who reinforce this idea that Ben is bad and Callum is good, and because of that they shouldn't be together. He tells Callum that he deserves someone better, that all Ben's ever done is given him grief. And Callum's incredulous because he's only just found out that Ben's actually not to blame for their breakup like he thought. This wasn't down to Ben, and all he wants to do is support him like he should have done this whole time. Now he's hearing that Ben might not even give him the chance to do that, and it compounds his guilt even more. He doesn't know how to respond to what Ben is saying, and instead pleads with him to give them one more chance. He'll do anything. He'll move, leave the police, anything. And those are pretty big things, because it shows that he really will put Ben above everything, including being near Stuart. He's desperate, begging Ben to give them another chance. Ben then reveals to Callum what Lewis said to him about them being the same. But I think it becomes clear that he does think they're the same, in the sense that they have the same innate badness in them. But what Ben's trying to do is make better choices to save others from his badness, as opposed to being like Lewis and lording his badness over others for personal satisfaction. He's not bad like Lewis, though. He thinks he doesn't deserve good things, but he does. Lewis has gotten into his head and made him think that the right thing is to make sure he can't inflict his darkness onto others, even if it kills him. And that's key to this, and what Callum can take from this, that this isn't what Ben wants or even needs, it's just what he thinks he has to do to protect Callum. Because, as we know, protecting Callum is all Ben ever tries to do. And he thinks he's bad. 
Callum pleads with him again, holding on to him now. And I think the desperation is coming through because he knows how hard it is to get through to Ben when he's in this mindset and he doesn't want to give up. Ben takes his hands in his and calls him baby. I know opinion is split on nicknames, but personally it got me right in the heart to hear him call Callum baby in such a gentle voice and tells him they're out of chances, kissing his hand to soften the blow. He tells Callum he's sorry, but it's over. The same words Callum said to him when he gave Ben his wedding ring back in May. Callum's devastated, but says nothing more. He turns back slightly, as does Ben, but their hands are still together tightly, which is how they stay for the duff-duff. And not to tempt fates or anything, but if there's no symbolism in the fact that they turned away slightly but their hands stay together, I'll eat my hat. Is it really over, guys? Really? The thing is, them not getting together right away is ultimately the correct choice, because it would just be papering over the cracks. It's true that they had issues before the rape, and that should probably be addressed, mistakes acknowledged. But it's also so crucial that Ben's reasons for not getting back together were wrong. He's taking on sole responsibility for things going wrong between them, when that's not the case. I think Callum knows he played a part, and Maybe he can start to examine them without the pressure of trying to make things okay quickly. And therapy for Ben, stat. It's not the end, though, guys. I'm sure of it.